Welcome to The Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much-needed peace. Hi everyone, this is Akemi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Daily Dharma. So for this week's episode, I thought I'd talk a little bit about anxiety, stress, and what happens when you get overwhelmed and you just feel like the entire universe and everyone and everything is conspiring against you. Because we've all been there. And I personally have been there quite recently. I can say that the pandemic has been very difficult for me to just deal with simply because When you're contained in like a smaller space than you're used to and you enjoy just being out and about, seeing your friends, just it's a completely different world that you live in. And I also say that it hasn't helped that you have a lot more time to think about your life and where it's going. So recently I got extremely overwhelmed with the idea of, well, you know, like I'm not doing anything special with my life. So am I really going to amount to anything? In today's culture, thanks to the internet and social media, which have done amazing things as well. Of course, technology is just a tool that we can either use for good or for harm. But unfortunately, part of that exposure allows us to see kind of an unbalanced view of the world. As in, we see all the amazing things that other people are accomplishing. People younger than us, people who went to the same high school as us, people around our same age, and inevitably we compare ourselves and our own performance against them. I myself, whenever I get into that place, I just look at myself and I say, well, where did I, like, how did I end up here? Like, I'm not anyone special journalists don't call me up asking me about my life story. I don't have a million followers or, you know, any of those material things. I don't have like millions of dollars in sales for like the company that I have founded. It just, in a way, I feel that society does set us up on a rat race against each other, starting from even as early as kindergarten or primary school where, you know, if your arts and crafts are better than the other kids, you get a praise, you get you get a little bit of attention from your teacher and you relish that because you start to see that when people treat you better, things go a little bit more easily. So it matters that people see you in a good way. And this is very much a natural consequence of being part of any kind of society or group because hierarchy is just a part of life and it I think it bothers us whenever we realize or we come to see or we feel that we are lower in that hierarchy or we're not as high as we want to be and it also bothers us when we feel that people don't perceive us in a way that is a positive thing however I think part of growing up and this is very much again like There's so much to learn from the story of Gautama Buddha and how they sort of dealt with these pressures too. Because in all honesty, as a son of a king, there's, I'm pretty sure, a lot of pressures that they had to deal with in order to please all of the people in their lives, especially their father. 
because um, if you don't know the story, their mother passed away very early on. So anyhow, but when they realized that life is basically going to end in death and sickness and aging, they knew that there is no escaping those things. And thus, there's no point of sort of engaging in the rat wheel of, okay, well, how can I engage better in this race to be better than everyone else? And I think in times when we get overwhelmed and anxious, that's actually the best time to remind ourselves of that truth, that reality. Because as much as everyone and their father or their mother, whoever it is in our lives, our family members, our friends, our work, every single thing screams in our face about how important it is to get ahead in life and to make sure you have money and all of these things. But the truth is you can't take any of those things with you when you die. None of the material things or the titles or the power that you accumulate in this life can be transferred to the next. It's just not how energy or life works. And in fact, nothing can stop the process of aging. Nothing can stop the process of getting sick. It's quite often that someone who's healthy can get super sick out of nowhere. And someone who is just in the prime of their life just suddenly dies in a freak accident. And I think that really goes to show the fact that, and Buddhist philosophy very much points to the fact that life is actually not that stable and it's out of our control. And thus, it's in our best interest to nurture and look at life in a realistic way. Whereas we actually just see that life ends in death and start from there. And of course, I talked a lot about this in the last episode too. But I especially wanted to kind of talk about what to do slash how does Buddhist philosophy deal with the whole idea of extremes? Because I also think that there's this illusion slash this idea that like a Buddhist is supposed to be constantly calm and balanced all the time. But if you look a little bit more closely at the story of how the Buddha became enlightened, Actually, in philosophy, in the Buddhist philosophy, yes, the goal is to become more balanced. But the path there is not a calm or steady one. In fact, the path is actually full of jagged curves, jagged ups and downs, extremes. It's full of extremes. And there's no better evidence of this than the actual story of the Buddha themselves. So... Something that I think is very much glossed over is that the Buddha didn't actually just leave home, meditate under a tree and become enlightened. No, actually, they searched out some meditation teachers. They practiced what those teachers taught to the best of their ability. They became the best people, even to the point that their teacher was like, well, there's nothing more for me to teach you. And they realized that they were not enlightened. So they went through two teachers and ultimately failed to become enlightened. They recognized that and moved on. And then finally, they even starved themselves to the point of barely eating anything, sustaining on nothing, becoming a skeleton, meditating for around seven to nine years, depending on the story, um, to the point that they were completely emaciated and just about on the brink of death. 
And that is in that absolute agony and that absolute pain, realizing that this extreme does not work in terms of spiritual development and enlightenment. That's when they decided to start eating again, like as a normal person. And within the 30 days of starting to eat again and reflecting on their experience of this extreme, they became enlightened. And let's not forget that the first half of their life was also dominated by the extreme, but the other side of it, which is extreme material wealth. As a prince, they got everything that they possibly wanted. They were inundated with servants, with sense, with entertainment. It was just nonstop. And of course, at for like some time in their life, they, they were very much distracted by this. But when the reality of life hit them in the face, they realized that none of this luxury, none of this material good or power can stop the cycle of life from happening. And thus they realized that there needs to be a, a better, there is a greater path to pursue beyond all of this because if you look closely at the cycle of samsara and like i'm getting a little bit kind of theoretical here but and like this could get a little bit dark but hear me out ultimately we are born and then we die and then we're born and we die and we can either just keep letting life lead us to wherever we think it's meant to lead us or we can start to look at life from a critical lens and understand why is it that we suffer? Why is it that we feel happy sometimes and we don't feel happy others? So it's it's more or less, we have to actually stop running. We have to stop, take ourselves out of the rat race, at least on a temporary basis in order to see and grasp what is the full picture. Because in both cases of extremes, that's exactly what the Buddha or the Bodhisattva before they became the Buddha did. They actually took hold, they stepped outside of their box of whichever extreme they realized this is not working for me. So I need to pivot. I need to go in a different direction. And I think it, it really, really like the fact that even the Bodhisattva who won, who actually became the Buddha, who became the enlightened one, the most revered figure in Buddhism, even they went through some extremes in their journey to enlightenment. And, and they had to learn the hard way that this is not the right path and I need to pivot because it's not working. Even someone of that spiritual level had to go through that. And I think it's really meant to be a metaphor for the fact that we also need to go through that. And there's nothing to be afraid in terms of the dark and the deep emotions that we feel and the extremes that surface and happen in our lives when change is necessary. So at least in my life, I did come again to that point of despair because I just felt like, well, nothing in my life is happening as I wanted to. I'm not as accomplished or famous or any of these things. The whole illusion of the wrath race caught up to me. And that's when I realized, you know what? I need to change the way I think of things. And of course, I didn't come up with this by myself. I spoke to my mom. I spoke to my sister. 
it's so important to have those people in your life who know you and also know the value that you bring. But also more importantly, it's important to let yourself just get to that place so you can step outside of the box and you can look at yourself and realize, look, this way of thinking, this way of living is not working for me. And it's not me that's bad, but it's the way I'm thinking and the way I'm dealing with the situation, the way, the course I'm taking in life that's bad. And this is so much easier said than done. But I do think that society has this way of stigmatizing negative emotions as being a bad thing. As, oh, well, if you're spiritually developed, you shouldn't be feeling those emotions. You know, you shouldn't be feeling dark, deep, you know, twisted emotions either towards yourself or towards other people. And I think Buddhism does have this idea around it, this image around it that, no, extremes are bad. It's all about the middle path. It's all about balance. But the Buddha themselves had to go through extremes in order to realize that those extremes are not correct, that that is not the right way to develop spiritually. And I really do think that life is exactly the same. Like we have to go through those extremes in order to understand what is right and what is wrong for us, what works and what doesn't work. It's only when we feel that, it's only when we realize that the choices that we have made and the way that we're thinking about the situation is not truly really, it's just not working for us and not working for us so much that it's hitting us in the face with grief, with anger, with doubt, with anxiety, with stress. That's when you really know that it's time to change the way you think. And I would say that it's much better to just let yourself feel what it is that you're feeling, to let yourself just go down that wave of the extreme and just be honest with yourself as to exactly what you're feeling, exactly the depths of your despair, to just allow that to happen. Allow that, just open yourself up to everything that you're feeling, everything that you're thinking. When you have a clear sense of the situation, when you see yourself and the despair that you're in, that's when you can actually move on from the situation rather than just trying to escape it, trying to find another way, another way, another way to make things work when clearly whatever it is that you're doing is not working for you. And more or less, again, society likes to make us feel guilty for being in such a situation because of course if you were more spiritually developed or blah 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 like you're not going to be in that situation but that's not true spiritually developed people go through extremes life is full of extremes good and bad but the point is not to avoid those extremes or to just always find a balanced path through everything no of course you will find the balanced path in fact going through those extremes is the way to find that truly balanced path that is correct for you. And so, of course, I'm not going to say I'm thankful for being overwhelmed and to the point of tears and just absolute despair when it came to my own life. However, I am thankful that I allowed myself to just feel whatever I needed to feel because now I've I've recalibrated and I've realized, okay, well, these are the things I need to do. These are the things I need to change. I took stock of my life and I feel like I pivoted in a way 
that really makes sense to me. So I feel a lot of calm and peace because of that. So I think it's the same. But the in their story did the exact same thing. They realize, well, this is not working for me, so I need to change. And that it really is all when it comes to dealing with extremes. It's just realizing that you are not the one at fault, that the spiritual path is full of extremes and that you are simply living your path. And thus, all you need to do is just take a minute to step outside of the situation, fully understand that this is not the right path for you and start brainstorming what could be the next step for you. What else is there to try that might actually garner a different result? You know, or maybe it's time to just relax and not think about it. Give yourself some time. Either way, there's nothing wrong with going into extremes and experiencing extremes. That is part of the spiritual path. And Buddhist philosophy, Buddhist stories, all of it says this very thing. So if you, like me, are going through an extreme phase or you feel like you're going into a place of darkness, allow yourself, let yourself just feel what it is you need to feel. And don't feel guilty for going into that extreme. Recognize that it's a part of life. And we all do this, even Buddha did this. So how could we blame ourselves when one of the most, the great spiritual teachers of our time experienced this themselves? It's just part of our path. And the best thing that we can do is just be honest with it, to be kind to ourselves throughout it, not to feel guilty about it because it's absolutely normal and it's part of anyone's spiritual path and to simply learn from it. That this is kind of a sign of life saying, no, this is not right for you. This is not working for you. And for you to sort of start to reconsider, maybe there's another option. Maybe there's something else that I need to do in order to reach that next level. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode that concludes this week's episodes on extremes and extremes as explained and dissected in Buddhist philosophy. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode. I hope everyone is staying safe. And if you'd like to get some Buddhist quotes on your Instagram feed, please follow us at, at the Daily Dharma. I've linked to the Instagram in our bio, so you can check it out there. And I will see you next week. Stay safe, everyone.